What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You're listening to LSU Daily with Matt Moscona. Your home for all the latest Tiger news. Part of the Guarantee Podcast Network. Okay, let's get it. It is LSU Daily. I'm your host, Matt Moscona. Glad to have you aboard with us here. The uh, transfer portal window has closed. That does not mean it's time that, that the deadline has come for players to uh, to commit just to enter their name into the portal. And there was one very significant name that went into the portal on Thursday. Uh, Luke Hill, uh, Baton Rouge native from Episcopal, who spent his freshman season at Arizona State, starting shortstop, hit 317. He put his name in the portal, and uh, we had a chance to visit with Luke Hill. You'll hear that conversation coming up here shortly. This is a very weird connect the dots. So we all know that there's an opening at Northwestern uh, up in Evanston, Illinois, because Pat Fitzgerald was fired amid hazing controversy. Well, on Wednesday there was a report that former LSU coach Ed Ogeron was interested in the job. And we, like many others, just all made the same jokes because Ed Ogeron and Northwestern in Illinois, Northwestern in the Big Ten, not Northwestern State, which Ed Ogeron is is an alum, that would actually make a ton of sense. But anyway, uh, Ed Ogeron and Northwestern of the Big Ten would mix like oil and water. That's that's a... um, for for very many obvious reasons, not uh, wouldn't appear to be a great match. Well, uh, hat tip to Sheldon Mickles of the Advocate. I don't know why Sheldon was in Natchitoches, but he was there in in Natchitoches, Louisiana, while Ed Ogeron was there, and they caught up. And Ed Ogeron laughed about the Northwestern job, and I uh, said, "Quote, man, I don't know where they get this stuff." Laughing off the report. So he confirmed to Sheldon that he's not interested in the Northwestern job. He also told that to Bruce Feldman of The Athletic. But I think maybe the more interesting part of this is that Ed Ogeron told Sheldon Mickles he's retired from coaching. Um, When asked about possibly coaching again, Ed Ogeron said that he's finished with coaching, he's happy with his life of leisure after working 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. all those years, quote, I'm done with that, end quote. So Ed Ogeron says he is retired from coaching. Um, okay, so a few things. 
first of all, uh, good for Ed Ogeron from, from this point of view. He did go through the long grind that coaches go through. Okay, like I, I understand a lot of you are going to listen to me talk about Ed Ogeron with a little bit of a crooked eye, and I understand. It's very obvious. Ed and I didn't have the best relationship when he was the coach here. Okay, let's just state the very obvious. Uh, I have nothing personal against Ed Ogeron whatsoever. It was always a matter of opinion on if it was a good fit to be LSU's head football coach. Okay. But Ed Ogeron went like went through the grind that coaches go through. He started as a grad assistant at Northwestern State, then in 1984, I mean 30 years ago, then was a grad assistant at McNeese, went up to Arkansas as an assistant strength coordinator for a couple of years. We know then he went down to Miami in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, found his way out of football after that with some controversy that's been discussed, got back into coaching at Nichols, for one year in 1994, then went up to Syracuse where he was a defensive line coach and then made his way out west to Southern Cal. He was there from 98 to 2004, part of um, obviously the transition to Pete Carroll and the rise of those great USC programs in the in the early 2000s. Then he got his opportunity to be a head coach at Ole Miss. We know how that went. He was 10 and 25. It was a disaster. He went to the New Orleans Saints for a year, then went with Lane Kiffin to Tennessee for a year, then was with Lane Kiffin at Southern Cal again. He became the interim at USC in 2013, was out of coaching for a year in 2014 when he did radio here with Jordy and Derek every Tuesday morning. And then Les Miles hired him to be the defensive line coach, and we know what happened. Interim, then head coach, then you fired out midway through the 2021 season. So my point is, Ed Ogeron followed the path that a lot of these coaches follow that we talk about a lot here. And to have made it through 30 years uh, as a coach, starting from a GA at Northwestern State and ultimately being the head coach of the greatest college football team ever and everything that went in between was a hell of a grind and a hell of a climb. And that deserves a tremendous amount of respect. Ed Ogeron was a phenomenal defensive line coach, one of the best recruiters any of us have ever seen. So, yeah, man, he he did a lot in his in his coaching career, and it ended horribly. Now, I will say now what I said when he got fired. The, the beginning with Ed Ogeron at LSU was very bumpy with the Matt Canada stuff that happened, turning over coaching staff. Uh, the end was a disastrous ball of, of, of flames, uh, how it all crashed down. Hiring Bo Pelini without interviewing him. Uh, after replacing both coordinators in 2021, he hired two guys that were completely unqualified to do so. We all know the stuff with Ed. And then there was the off-the-field stuff and the scandals that surrounded the program. And then the things that were just embarrassing. We all know what they are. Okay, I don't need to rehash every one of them. We all remember everything that happened. But I'll tell you again today what I said then, which was I would take all of the bad, all of it, wanting to fight Matt Canada, trying to fire Canada two games into the season, acknowledging he didn't interview assistant coaches, blowing money on assistants that were not qualified, everything, all the stuff. The radio show with the guy and all, you know, we've got a special place where you dump your body, all, all that sort of stuff that we all know, it, okay? The pictures in the bed with the woman. I would take all of the embarrassment for 2019. 
And ultimately, 2019 is what most people are going to remember when they start the conversation about Ed Ogeron's coaching career. He was the head coach of the greatest college football team ever. Now, there was also Ole Miss, which was no good. He had some problems as a younger man, which a lot of hothead young coaches do. And that, I mean, it happens. Uh, not excusing any illegal behavior, but good for him that he rebounded from it, got his life in order. Um, all of the things that were bad will be mentioned, but you're going to start with 2019. And he also made a giant pile, a pile of money, not only coaching, but 16 million, 17 million to not coach when LSU fired him. So he's living a very comfortable life. He told Sheldon Mickles he runs about four miles a day. He works out every day. He's happy being retired. He's being a dad to his three sons who are all coaching in some way right now. We learned recently that Ed Ogeron is engaged again after his split with his wife, Kelly. He enjoys working out. Like, good for him, man. He says he's splitting time between Baton Rouge and Miami. He's home in Baton Rouge. He's got a spot in Miami, so he's back and forth. Like, good for him. He's going to be 62 later this month, and he went through a 30-year grind to get to this point. And if he wants to go just chill for the rest of his life, good on him. Now, if he wanted to coach again and be a defensive line coach or recruiting coordinator or a head coach at a small school, like, he may have that opportunity if he wanted it. But at 62, he might be good just hitting the eject button and being done. And I'll say for Ed what I've said for all these coaches. It's the same premise, whether it's Gene Chizik or Mac Brown or Bob Stoops or Turner Gill, Urban Meyer. A lot of coaches have done exactly what Ed Ogeron did. They spent 30 years working from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m., seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, 365 days. Y'all, you've heard it. And they get to a point where they're in their 50s, their 60s. They made a ton of money. They're completely burnt out. And they retire. They say, I've spent so much of my life and dedicated to football, and now I'm going to dedicate the rest of my family. But the competitive juices in a lot of these guys, the thing that makes them elite at what they do, or the thing, it's the switch you can never turn off, which is why Mac Brown is coaching North Carolina again, which is why Gene Chizik is his defensive coordinator, which is why Bob Stoops is coaching in the XFL, like, which is why Urban Meyer left and then came back into the NFL and I was back in TV. He'll probably find his way back to coaching again. Like, they can't turn it off. These guys just can't turn that switch off. It's the thing that makes them them. It's the thing that makes them elite at the thing they do. So maybe Ed Ogeron is done. And if he is, hat tip for an an amazing career that uh, wasn't great as a head coach, but had far more good in it than bad over his 30-some-odd years. But Ed Ogeron told Sheldon Mickles that he is retired. And uh, if, in fact, that is it for Ed, say it again, man. Thanks for 2019. Uh, 2019 is something by which all of us would excuse any other misgiving because it was that spectacular. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The uh, portal deadline is today. Uh, and again, just to clarify, this is the deadline for players to enter the portal. You don't have to make a determination on where you're going to transfer. This is just the determination that you're going to enter the portal or withdraw from the portal uh, whatever the case may be. Um, there was a report earlier today 
Uh, and this is certainly relevant to LSU, and I'll catch up on on what I know and sort of give you some thoughts on this as well. Um, Jeremy Booth earlier today, Jeremy Booth is with um, P15 Sports. He's a baseball analyst for KHOU. Uh, forgive me, I just don't know the affiliation. Um, but he was the first to report it, so I'm going to cite him. Uh, Jeremy Booth reported that Arizona State shortstop Luke Hill is entering the transfer portal, confirmed by others, including Luke Hill, who's going to be on the show in about 40 minutes. Uh, the write-up from Booth says, electric athlete with an impact, 317, six and 300 set, bat 317, six homers, 42 RBI, 852 OPS as a freshman for the Sun Devils. Um... This is pretty fascinating, and I'll run through why. So Luke Hill went to Episcopal here in Baton Rouge, and as I recall the story, the way his recruitment went, he didn't really have SEC offers. Um, and Arizona State was the team, the the, the Power Five team, that... That gave him the opportunity. So he went there and crushed it his freshman year. Became the starting shortstop, hit 317, um, and it's really good. Uh, really, really good. And now he's jumping in the portal, and you better believe SEC teams are going to line up to try to get him because he can be an immediate impact guy in your middle infield, very likely at shortstop. And as I've talked to some scouts about him, he projects as a power-hitting second baseman in Major League Baseball. But in college baseball, he's a shortstop that can either lead up for you or hit in the middle of your lineup. This would be a massive get for LSU. There's a problem. And by the way, my guess is Luke Hill, and I'll ask him this when he's with us, my guess is Luke Hill's number one target destination would be LSU. It's his hometown. He grew up watching the Tigers. You want to talk about NIL opportunities? A kid who went to Episcopal in Baton Rouge with those types of connections would have immediate NIL opportunities here, more so than any other place. That's not even talking about what a, collect, a collective could possibly do. I'm just talking about his own personal opportunities would be significant here. Here's the problem. I don't know that LSU has room. And, and it's a good problem to have, but you've got already Gavin Guidry, who was the number one player in Louisiana a year ago, who waited his turn this year, a year ago, did what you needed him to do as a reliever, and is expecting to, to play in the middle infield this year. You've got Stephen Milam, who we're going to have on the show in hour number three, but that's a guy who was one of the gems of this recruiting class who's coming here from New, who did not sign, who's coming here from New Mexico in a similar vein that Gidry did a year ago. You brought in Michael Braswell from South Carolina via the portal, who's got, who's a his bat isn't really there, but defensively very good in the middle infield. And then you've also got Ben Napolt there as well. Today is the portal deadline. So if you brought in Luke Hill let's say in a couple of days, well, the portal's closed. Any of those guys that may want to leave now don't have the opportunity. 
So you're kind of stuck there. And if you're Jay Johnson and you try to act very quickly and hypothetically you wanted to take Will, uh, you know, Hill and uh, in place of Braswell, the problem is now you've left Braswell in a really tough spot. You, you, do you see what I mean? Like the timing and the numbers make it very tough. So in a vacuum, would you love to have Luke Hill on your baseball team? Absolutely. Like, do I think he would be one of your two best middle infielders next year with all the group I just mentioned? Absolutely. But to get him here, it would be at the expense of someone else. And you could say the all is fair and love and war type thing. But what kind of reputation do you want on the recruiting trail? If you went, you got Braswell here, and then you're basically saying, hey, we got someone better, see ya. Do you really want that reputation as a recruiter? I, I think that's what makes it really difficult. So, look, I'll go back to where I started, which is it's a good problem to have when you have this much talent, but that's what Jay Johnson's managing a little bit. I'll get, I'll tell you this. If not LSU, I think the top two spots for Luke Hill are Tennessee and Ole Miss. Not only because they would have NIL opportunities, of course, but Maui Ahuna from Tennessee, their starting shortstop, who transferred in from Kansas. He was drafted and signed. Jacob Gonzalez, a starting shortstop from Ole Miss, was just a first-round pick. So both of them have an immediate opening at shortstop. Batting, well, Ahuna didn't bat the entire season at the top of the lineup, but but that opportunity would be there for for Hill. So um, we're going to keep an eye on that. And um, if you made me bet today, like if I had to bet today, I would bet that that Hill ends up at either Tennessee or Ole Miss and not LSU just because of the timing and the numbers. Like a best-case scenario, quite honestly, would be if Hill went back to, to Arizona State for another year and jumped in the portal next year and came to LSU. Like that would be a best-case for, for LSU. Maybe not for Luke Hill, but for LSU. So, um, so we're going to keep an eye on that. That's a big one. Uh, and we'll talk to Luke Hill again coming up here at the top of hour number two. Now, the other thing, uh, a couple other tidbits. One is uh, is Chase Burns. You probably saw this, but uh, Chase Burns, the Tennessee pitcher, did, in fact, announce his transfer destination, and he is headed to Wake Forest. Um, I, we had this conversation yesterday, and I know, I'm going to say it again, LSU fans have kind of been enamored with Chase Burns, and I get it. He pitched in the SEC. He throws really hard. Um, you saw him pitch in Omaha and actually have a really brilliant relief performance where he gave Tennessee uh, six innings of relief against Stanford. He was fantastic. But he's going He's going to Wake Forest. And this is probably the right... I'm going to say this, this is the right decision for Chase Burns. Chase Burns wants to go somewhere that he could be a starter. I want to remind you, Chase Burns was a starter as a freshman a year ago. and was really good. He was a freshman All-SEC. He lost his job in the rotation this past year and kind of gained a little steam late in the season out of the bullpen. He dropped his ERA from like a from well, I have it right here, from from five two six to four two five. As a starter, his ERA was north of six. It was it was a rough year. In like in league play as a starter, he was bad. Um and if Chase Burns is looking for the opportunity to go be a starting pitcher somewhere. LSU's probably not his bet. You've got Hurd back. 
you're returning Ackenhausen. Both of them will, Hurd's going to be your Friday night guy. Ackenhausen will figure in somewhere. Javen Coleman could be back. I know he was drafted by the Dodgers, and I told you the number. I was told he got half a million dollars, but as was said to me, they still have some stuff to work out between Coleman and the Dodgers to make sure that he actually signs. So that's a little asterisk there. Christian Little's announced he's coming back. And then that whole class from a year ago, guys you didn't see, Newt, Appleby, Moffitt, what do you do with Gavin Guidry this year? You've already added Lore and Jump out of the portal, both of whom you would presume are vying for starting jobs. You're hosting Luke Holman from Alabama, who was Alabama's Friday night guy this year, who would look to be your two or three if he joins LSU. And then behind that, we got news that Cameron Johnson, the, the lefty from IMG, who we talked a ton about throughout the draft, his dad confirmed it that he's that Cameron Johnson's coming to LSU. He's enrolling. He's coming to school. And he'll be here for three years. That's a lefty that throws 95. He's going to have a role on this team. Cameron Johnson, by the way, if you're wondering for context, Cameron Johnson was the 11th overall player in, in the class of 2023. He now becomes the highest-ranked prospect ever to come to LSU. Now, provided he makes it, and he's still got a little ways to go, but Dylan Cruz, for what it's worth, was ranked 13th when he came to Baton Rouge. So you're talking about literally a guy that was ranked higher than Dylan Cruz showing up on campus. So he'll have a role. My, my point is, where do you put Chase Burns? Chase Burns made the right decision for him. He's going to have a better opportunity to be in the rotation next year at Wake Forest than he would at LSU. So that's fine. I'm going to, and I'll say it again. Braden Montgomery is the name you need to watch because Braden Montgomery is a guy that who's in the portal from Stanford. He's with Team USA right now. You're not going to expect to hear anything from him for at least another week while he finishes the summer with Team USA. And if you get Montgomery here, that's a switch hitter with power. That's going to be your starting right fielder day one and will probably close games for you because he throws 98. So, again, I understand that people were so locked in on Chase Burns and this isn't sour grapes because he picked Wake Forest. We had this conversation yesterday on this show. I'm telling you... Jay Johnson has a really good problem on his hand, which is you're so loaded, you literally look at Chase Burns and go, I know you throw 102. I don't know where I put you. Like that, That's a really clear illustration of what this roster is right now. So um, why, how, how middle infield plays out is going to be fascinating, how Jay Johnson and his staff uh, you figure all this out. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you've uh, been following college baseball, the Transfer Portal news today, the um, uh, the biggest news involving Transfer Portal today is that Arizona State freshman Luke Hill, who's off a monster freshman season where he hit 317 and started at shortstop with Sun Devils, uh, jumped into the Transfer Portal today, or at least that is what is being reported. So, uh, Luke Hill was good enough to join us on the show here for a couple of minutes. Luke, it's great to have you, man. How are you? I'm doing great. How are y'all over there? Thank y'all for having me. It's it's our pleasure. Sorry for the mix-up on the day, but we appreciate no, you. No, your, no, your problem. You got me at a good time. I didn't see the number, so I was kind of confused, but I'm on now. It's all good, man. Um, well, I'm sure today's been a pre pretty busy day uh, for you. Yeah, it's 
it's it's been one of those days, I hey, would say. Well, I appreciate you you picking up the phone, but hey, first and foremost, are you? Uh, I mean, can you confirm? Because I know you're not like t- teams can't contact you until like your name shows up in the portal. Are you officially in the transfer portal? Uh, I don't know if I'm officially in it, but I'm 100% entering the portal. Okay, you are 100% entering the portal, and so you yeah. got to wait for your name to pop up to where yes, coaches I can submitted, I submitted all my um, education forms and all that, so the NCAA is approving it, and I'll be good to go when my name pops up. You know, so it's it's interesting, Luke, because I've actually I don't think I've ever asked a guy that's transferred this question. So, what do you have to do? Like, what is that process to actually enter the portal? Uh, I mean, it really it really isn't as hard as you'd think it would be because. I mean, a lot of people enter it, like there's like 2,600 people. But for me, like all I did was I would let my coach know I would do all that stuff. And then I would email my compliance and then I called them as well, letting them know, hey, I have interest in entering the transfer portal. Will you uh, please enter my name? And then they go ahead and they enter your name. And I went on this little website that we have. It's just like all colleges use it called ARMS. And it just submits your paperwork for the transfer portal. So it it was a pretty easy process. Cool. Okay. Um, well, th- thank you for clarifying that because I've actually no never, I've never actually asked a player uh, how the, that process goes. Uh, let me ask another obvious one. Why? Yeah. Why would Why would you enter the portal? Uh, for me and my family, you know, obviously out of high school, Arizona State was my best option uh, given the circumstances. But over the course of years, it was a long year, and uh, being that far away from home, kind of it kind of got to me. My parent, my dad went out there for a little bit. He was out there. It was still rough on him, but my mom actually really only got to watch me play once or twice. And, you know, I always told her I wanted her to be at the game. So I just wanted to be somewhere close to home and have her there. And then same thing with my grandparents. My grandparents are up there in age, and, you know, it's always like just having them there and being close to be able to, like, travel and watch me play games would be – it's that's, that's the main reason why I entered the portal. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said, because I thought I remembered this correctly. Mm. You said that Arizona State was your best option out of high school. You went to Episcopal. I think a lot of people right. here remember remember your name and watching you play. I mean, you had a great career there. Mm-hmm. Um, were, were you not recruited or not recruited heavily by LSU and other SEC schools? I know there was a coaching change with Jay coming in and all that stuff. But like, how did your recruitment go with, with SEC schools when you were coming out? It was really nothing too heavy because I was in a tough situation where I uh, decided to leave. Like I decommitted really late and it was one of those things where I just had to pull the plug. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to enter the transfer portal. But I had my conversations with, I mean, decommit, I'm sorry, uh, miscommunication, but yeah, I, uh, I decommitted and then, you know, SEC coaches would call, but like they're in the tough situation of how much money did they have left. Mm. So like, not really many of them even like really gave me a shot. And then Arizona state came up and they're like, Hey man, we're going to give you X amount of money for scholarships and all this. And we're going to allow you to have an opportunity to be our shortstop day one. And for me, that's all I need. I just need an opportunity. So I decided to go there mm. and you know, everything played out. Uh, Luke Hills with us. He's on Twitter at Luke underscore Hill 22. If you want to give him a follow on Twitter or Instagram, you can do it there. Uh, Baton Rouge guy went to Arizona State this year. I mean, you had a great freshman year. I mean, you you bet on yourself in many respects. Uh, did mm-hmm. did you feel like you you accomplished what you wanted to in year one there at Arizona State? Uh, I'm content with what I did, but not really. I'm not really, you know, I could have done so much better. That looking back at it, there's so many things that I could have changed. Just simple things like your approach and how you attack certain situations. But overall, if you were to tell me, like, if you were to give me the results of how my freshman season went at Arizona State. Before I even entered, I, I would be really content with what happened. Did um what what MLB teams scouted you to like? Did you have 
pro options coming out of high school last year as well? Uh, yes, I did. I had a couple offers in the draft, but they were nowhere near like the number that I wanted out of high school in order to go. For me, like the biggest ones were the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Padres. Those are the three biggest ones that like showed the most interest in me out of high school, but we couldn't really come to a, a deal before the draft, so I decided to go to college. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're seeing a lot of that, Luke, like guys betting on mm-hmm. themselves, playing in college because the college experience. Oh, actually, let me just ask you, it's like, what is your perspective on going through three years of college as opposed to signing as a 17, 18-year-old and starting a minor league career? Uh, do it. Go to college. It really, for me, like looking back at it, if I were to decide to go out of high school, I just would have not been ready at all. You learn a lot about yourself. Like when you're off kind of on, it's like your first sense of like kind of being on your own in college. You know, I mean, I was in a dorm, but like for a lot of guys, you're living on your own. You have to do it with your own stuff. You're on your own for practice. Like you have to get there on time. It's the small stuff that leads up to the big stuff. So for me, having that Having that, like, it was like another step forward to the draft and like Pro Bowl. I needed that. For some guys, they don't need it. But for me, I think betting on myself, I feel like it, I feel like it would help me a lot more in my career if I went to college. And I recommend that for a lot of guys, too. Well said, man. The, um, I, I think a lot of people have seen on Instagram the picture of you in Omaha at the College yeah. World Series with the LSU gear on. Do, yeah. are you, so are you a lifelong <laughs> LSU fan? I mean, did you grow up pulling for the Tigers? I mean, yeah. I mean, right. this, I mean is all, this is this is really all I know. You know, I was Baton Rouge kid. Um, went to Episcopal. Always was around Baton Rouge. Always went to the games growing up. You know, like I remember watching Bregman. But I was mainly, I was a big football fan growing up. Like uh, my dad has videos of me at the football game. So yeah, I'm a I'm a lifelong LSU fan, regardless of what college that I'm at. I'm always gonna have purple and gold in me. So are you friends with any guys on? Because obviously you played against a lot of the Louisiana mm-hmm. guys. Are you friends with any guys on the LSU team? Right I'm now? friends with like some of like the people that are in my class. Like I know I play with a couple like growing up, and I know a couple that are on the team right now. So yeah, I'm a fr- I'm friends with a couple of the guys. So where we started was if you were officially in the portal, and you said you're you're 100 percent going in, but don't know if your name's popped up. So what I do know is that coaches can't contact you until your right. name shows up in the portal. Mm-hmm. So have you had contact with any schools yet? No, not officially. No, I mean my okay. Twitter will blow up. Like people telling me where to go, <laughs> and they'll be, they'll be like, "Oh, I know that I know Luke's going to X school." I'd be like, "Yep, you definitely know because I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> what? Um. So you look. You you did mention though the opportunity to come closer to home. Mm. Um. The SEC footprint would make a lot of sense. I, I would right. assume that if the option is there, LSU would be your number one choice. Am I assuming too much? Uh. I mean, I'm gonna leave that up for grabs right now. I mean, any school kind of has equal and fair game you know me and my family have our we have our like we prefer certain schools and stuff like that but right now we're open to anything just because the portal is like so new i mean i i announced it like this morning so we're open to anything right now do you have a timeline that you'd like to make a decision uh within the next couple weeks i'd like to be able to make a decision like have enough time to make a good smart decision for myself um and be able to like move in and all that stuff. I don't want to be one of those, like I commit the week before and then I have to find a roommate and then I have to move in and all that stuff. I want to be able to, I want to have enough time to make a smart decision and then have enough time to like get stuff settled within the college as well. What you said, you and your family know like what you're prioritizing. What, what sort of things are you looking for and what your next destination will be? For me, uh, I want to be able to compete at the highest level. Like when I went to Omaha, it was fun being there and I knew that I could play in that atmosphere. So being around that situation was really fun. 
And then, like I said, just being close to home, having the opportunity to have my friends and family there watching. I understand when pro ball comes around, it'll be a little bit different. But, you know, having those guys around you right now, I mean, it means a lot to me. Mm. So, but th- those are the two biggest things for me. And then also just playing. Like, I love to play baseball. So anywhere that I could play and be a good option for them, I'd love to be at. Is returning to Arizona State an option at all for you? No, as of right now, it's not going to happen. Okay. He is Luke Hill. Uh, now, I guess I could say former Arizona State Sun Devil hitting the portal today, an Episcopal guy who uh, a lot of people in Baton Rouge know him well, man. Hey, look, I especially considering we got crossways on the day, I, yeah. do, I do appreciate you picking up the phone and, uh, and taking a couple of minutes today, man. And, you know, we'll be, we'll be wishing you luck, whatever is next, man. We'll keep in touch, okay? All right, sounds good. Thank you for having me. Okay, that'll do it for us here on a Friday edition of LSU Daily. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe up on your favorite podcast app. Rate us, leave a review, let a friend know if they love the Tigers. We got you covered here weekdays for LSU Daily. Next week, we're in Nashville for SEC Football Media Days. So, candidly, uh, I will be hit or miss here on the pod. We'll likely end up, candidly, likely end up just taking a week off while I'm in Nashville and resume week after next with a recap of meaty days until then it is lsu daily hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.